Good evening, and welcome to Whole Mother. I am Debbie Hull, and for your regular host, our community's beloved Pat Jones. We're at 90.1 FM in Houston and 89.5 FM in Galveston, Texas. I'm so pleased you've joined us. Whole Mother offers an opportunity to learn about the possibilities of parenting, about ways to become better parents and better people. It's not about a right way to do things, but about finding the right way to do things in your family. I hope you can take a deep breath and drop your shoulders and enjoy our time together. We're going to be visiting today with one of my favorite people, postpartum doula and trainer Teresa Maskery, about how postpartum doulas are trained, about how they serve families to make postpartum life with a brand new baby easier. Because um, Everybody with a brand new baby could use an easier life. Uh, we invite you to visit wholemothershow.com. Our archives contain several years, I think it's about 15 years now, of um, information about topics that are important to parents. We've done uh, lots of stuff about educational options. We've had homeschoolers come in and Montessori teachers and um, unschoolers have come in and talked to us about what their days look like and what homeschooling looks like in their family. We've talked about uh, vaccinations. We've had Rebecca Rex of Proof, parents requesting open vaccine education several times on the show so that parents can make informed decisions for, for their family. Um, we have had discussions about circumcision. We had Ryan McAllister who did a graduate thesis on um, circumcision. It's kind of a a video out on YouTube that a lot of people have seen called an elephant in the hospital where he talked about the ethics uh, surrounding circumcision and what that thought process, how it kind of came to be. Um, he talks about that. He came and did the show with us to talk about that a little bit. We've talked a lot about breastfeeding, talked to breastfeeding moms, talked to IBCLCs, International Board Certified Lactation Consultants. Although in Texas, we like to say that IBCLC means I breastfed a child leaving for college. Um, it really does mean International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. And we've had um, these uh, primarily women come on the show and talk to us about breastfeeding and the highs and the lows and um, how that all works. We had uh, one of the founders of La Leche League, which is a grassroots peer-to-peer -peer support organization. Um, one of the original founders came on the show and talked to us about when La Leche League began. Um, I've always had an image of a room full of you know women on the floor and their babies crawling all over them. And when I spoke with that original founder, she said that was pretty much what it was like. Um, so she came on the show and talked to us about that beginning. We've talked about diapering options. We had someone come on. We did a whole show called The Scoop on Poop about how to um, manage cloth diapers and what a variety of options are available um, now. I have uh, twin brothers who are 17 years younger than me. So they were born about a thousand years ago and there were, there weren't the fancy um, diapers that they're available now for babies, cloth diapers. We just had flat cloth diapers and needles, you know, the size of your palm that you had to like stick through and try not to, you know, impale these babies. So we have lots of information out of there, information that's of importance to parents, but also a, a resource for doulas, for childbirth educators, for people who are working with families postpartum. Um, there, It's a great resource. So we invite you to go out there and visit um, and look around and see what there is. I didn't mention that we also have birth stories on lots of birth stories. And they're not all uh, vaginal deliveries, but they are all told by women who feel um, 
positive about their births. They get to come on and sort of tell their story and how the birth was for them. And that can be not only encouraging, but also empowering who may not have had for someone who may not have had the birth experience they were looking for. Both Pat and I welcome your feedback on the show, and we love hearing from you ideas about future programming. Tell us what you would like to hear more about. Is there a particular subject around parenting, around birth that you want to know more about? We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at wholemothershow at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to reach me directly, you can do so at debbiehall.doula at gmail.com. I'm very pleased to welcome to Whole Mother Teresa Maskery. Teresa is a Kappa certified labor and postpartum doula, a certified childbirth and new parent educator, and she's the senior program advisor for the Kappa childbirth educator department. She's been serving clients across the York region, which is up in Ontario, Canada. Um, we love having her uh, as part of Kappa up there in Canada. Uh, since 2008, she's been serving in her area as the business owner of My Baby Bump and via Stofil Stofville Prenatal. I can never say the name of this town where she is. Okay. Teresa holds a diploma in early childhood education from St. Lawrence College in Ken Kingston, Ontario. And she uses this combined skill set to support families through pregnancy, delivery, and early parenting. She joined the Kappa faculty in 2016 to help equip and empower the next generation of doulas and educators as they expand their knowledge and develop the skills needed to have a thriving doula or postpartum education business. Through her business, Trust Prenatal Postpartum and Doula Training, Teresa prides herself on offering interesting, innovative, interactive trainings that will increase group participation and encourage content retention. Her desire is to help you trust and embrace the journey you're on so you can support the families in your community. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Debbie. Uh, we've had a little technical challenge, so I feel like I should uh, thank Teresa again for sitting with me through those and uh, the the things I learned. Uh, Pat and I talk a lot about how we're not really radio people. We're birth people. We're just faking this radio thing. We're not radio people, but we play one on the radio. Okay. Um, so let's <laughs> talk about postpartum doulas and how you came to be involved in postpartum doula work. How did, how did you find your way to this work and which came first for you, labor doula or postpartum doula work? Uh, it was definitely labor doula that I fell in love with first because Basically, my background is early childhood education, uh, and I left that field when I got pregnant with my first because you don't make enough money in daycare to be able to afford to put your kids in daycare. So I was fortunate enough to be a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. I have four children, and shortly after my fourth one was born, I had this realization that I had no excuse to be around birth anymore. And that made me very sad. I loved being pregnant. I loved the journey. I loved raising my children. I loved being a stay-at-home mom. And I thought, this is it. This is my last one. And so I thought I wanted to be a midwife. And I remember talking to my midwife, and I have a few midwife friends as well. And I said, what do you think? I want to be a midwife, but I only want to work part-time. I felt very fortunate to have been a stay-at-home mom. And all of my midwife friends said, you don't want to be a midwife you want to be a doula, because there's no such thing as a part time midwife, even, you know, we have when you're on, you're on, you could be on for days at a time. So um, at the time, I was like, what's a doula? Uh, they just I mean, while there were doulas around, I didn't know anything about doulas. So I remember doing a little internet search to find out about doulas. And I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. 
So I signed up for a CAPA training and, and then I did my training for labor doula. And I was like, wow, this is, this is exciting. Like I'm excited. I attended my first birth and I was hooked. I was like, this is what I will do until I retire. And I didn't really think that much about postpartum work at the time. I remember when I did my training, I really did it as like trying to round out my skill set. I thought, well, I know about helping people in birth. I mean, let's just let's just get this as an add on. I did not anticipate falling in love with the postpartum world. I really I don't know. I thought my love was birth and I do love birth. But as time has gone on, I get so much joy out of helping families navigate this period after the baby's born and helping them thrive and helping them feel equipped and helping them just like really enjoy and embrace this postpartum period. Uh, I've actually started shifting in like the last couple of years, I've, I've started moving out of birth work and primarily doing postpartum work now. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my journey and how I got where I'm where I am today. It's a, a couple of observations. I find I'd be interested to hear what you think that sometimes labor and birth for new families. I know it was for me that I did kind of like planning a wedding. You put all this planning into this day and it's going to be this day that's going to be, a, you know, a memory for you forever. Uh, but I didn't put as much planning into how we're going to manage our marriage after. And when I was planning my birthdays, I put all this energy into birthdays and I did not put a lot of energy into what's it going to look like when I bring this new baby home. Um, and so yeah. postpartum doulas kind of come in and fill that gap. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting because even though we everybody knows now that you need to put some attention to that, the problem is you have to get through birth first. So even if you do all this learning beforehand before the baby comes you don't really know what it's going to be like until the baby gets there so it's it's that fine balancing act that you know having someone on hand in real time is actually more beneficial than than just you know reading a book beforehand Absolutely. Uh, everybody who's ever been pregnant can talk about pregnancy brain and how it, there really is a thing where you're not processing. And it's certainly that's bigger in labor. And then after, you know, you have lactation brain after when if you're breastfeeding, you really do have sort of a fogginess um, about managing things. And sort of the other piece is that you when you've been a mom, you, you have all these skills and now suddenly you're parenting maybe, you know, teenagers, but you still have all these skills and, mm -hmm. and no place to put them. Um, so postpartum doulas is a great way to kind of to keep your hand in it, to keep your hand like you were saying. So, Absolutely. Um, so I have lots of questions about being a postpartum doula, but tell us in a nutshell, um, we did a show just a couple weeks ago about birth doulas and I kind of unpacked what what exactly a labor doula does. Let's talk about just in a nutshell, what is the goal? What's the reason for having a postpartum doula? So postpartum doula, the way I like to explain it is a postpartum doula is an educated extra pair of hands that helps you navigate that period after the baby's born. So uh, the postpartum doula might come and help you understand how to care for your baby. They might come and watch your baby so that you can get sleep if that's your primary need at this moment. They might come and help you prep your dinner a little bit so that you can have some well-balanced food after the baby's born. Uh, they might do, I'll say light housework. Um, doulas are not house cleaners. 
But, you know, I mean, it might be very simple for them to just throw on a load of laundry or load dishwasher type thing. So doulas really kind of come in and assess the situation on the day of and help you prioritize what you need most in that day. So doulas never walk in and say, this is what I offer and here are the skills and this is what we're going to do today. A doula actually spends probably a good 20 minutes, half hour when they first show up, just checking in. How are you doing? How are things going? What's your biggest struggle right now? What are you needing today? And from that conversation, we kind of plan out the day and and uh, offer the support that we need, that that family needs that day. Because there's only so much you can predict in advance. Sure. I, I think I have to tell you that I think some of the mojo, some of the magic of a postpartum doula might just be the, that what you just said, that they just come in and sit down and listen to you for a few minutes. Uh, there's so much isolation as a brand new parent. Um, I think anybody who's had a new baby at home can speak to that, that you just feel isolated and overwhelmed and you haven't spoken to another adult. You know, your partner's off at work and you think your brain's turning too much and having somebody sit and focus on you for just those few minutes and say, Yes, I know the baby's fine. How are you? M- Mom, how are you doing? Right. It's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a big tr- misunder- sorry, I was gonna say it's a big misunderstanding that people think that doulas just come in and do, 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 do. And in my trainings, when I'm training postpartum doulas, one of the things I talk to them is the value in just sitting down and having that connection. That for that that parent, that might be, first of all, the only adult conversation they have that day. <laughs> um, yeah. But but also someone to actually listen to them, someone to just really take an interest in what's going on with them. And so I'm constantly telling my, my postpartum doula students, like, slow down, like, don't, don't go in there guns a blazing and I can do this and I'll, I'll wash the baby and I'll, you know, it's not about, you know, just taking care of their physical needs. It's about taking care of their emotional needs and to, you know, and helping them have realistic expectations. And that happens through conversations. I, I have to tell you because I haven't done postpartum work, but I've done labor doula work. And some of, there's a piece of that in labor in birth work as well, that sometimes the most important thing we bring to a birth isn't doing, it's just being um, present, yeah. being willing to be present. So I would say that traditionally, the role of the postpartum doula was filled by your mom or your mother-in-law or your cousin who would come and stay in the house and, you know, take care of the house while you take care of the baby. How would you say it's different having a postpartum doula versus having your mom or your mother-in-law come and stay and help you? Yeah. First of all, let me agree with you. I, I really do believe that traditionally that's where those roles have been. And that's why postpartum doulas are in such need right now because most of us don't live near our family anymore. Right. And that's been a paradigm shift in, you know, our, our culture, our society. And I would say the biggest difference is that a postpartum doula comes in and the postpartum doula's main focus is, is that mom, is that person who gave birth. That is their primary focus. Not the baby. That's right. That's right. There are a lot of other services out there that'll come in like, like a, a nanny, for instance, which is a wonderful service as well. Their primary focus is the baby. Uh, but a doula is primarily focused on on the parent and the birthing parent. And so that mom can get the focus that she needs. So it's the education that we bring. Uh, postpartum doulas are up to date in knowing what is current recommendations yes. and what is, you know, uh, 
trending out there and what new equipment is out on the market. And so we could bring, bring a big knowledge base with us. And I think the other part is, and this is going to sound weird, but we don't actually have an emotional connection, which means that we can be objective. Uh, Whereas a parent, an aunt, a sister might come in and they're like, Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everyone like they just want everything to be fine. Uh, So, you know, Trust me, parents and sisters, they play a role. There is a place for them. I think there's a place for both. don't replace family by any means. They have a complementing role that they can play. Uh, I do find that me personally, a lot of the families that I work with, my services are being paid by the grandparents because they don't mm. live by, because they can't come physically and be a support for their children and, and you know, and their uh, the grandchildren, they are helping to pay for doula services to make sure that they have the care they need so that they can thrive during this time. Uh, I I think that emotional piece is really important. It, it kind of like in birth work that um, I love my mom and she does not have the same level of experience that a postpartum doula might have. Or, um, and, and, it might be easier to say to a postpartum doula, here's what I need from you, than it would be to say to your mom that sometimes it's it's harder to ask for things from family than it is from someone you've hired to be there and be your support person. I mean, do you think, do you see that or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been at a postpartum visit and I've said something to the family and they're like, oh, can you say that exact thing tomorrow when my mom is here? Because... <laughs> They're wanting me to help bridge that conversation gap of perhaps their mom has been telling some outdated information or wants yes. to do, wants to do something with the baby that is no longer a recommendation. And as a doula, I try and find that really nice way to kind of acknowledge where that grandparent, that parent is coming from and the generation that they raise their children, acknowledge that and add a layer of information to that to let them know what is current and, you know help show them teach them how they can best support their child now that they have their own child so what an amazing thing i think it would make um postpartum conversations with family easier to have someone like you to to be that buffer and it's certainly it's more than just you're um, there to support this new parent get their feet underneath them you're also going to ease their social interactions with family and new babies can be stressful for families. They can offer some challenges. So, um, so when you go in and work with a family, my primary question is I want to hear what a day looks like, but I also want to know when does the role of postpartum doula begin and end? I mean, do you, how long do you work with a family? Do you, when do you start working with a family? So there's a little bit of a range in there. People who are organized in advance and have planned for their postpartum doula during their pregnancy, typically postpartum work starts within 24 to 48 hours after the birth. So once they get home from the hospital, typically that's when the support starts. Uh, Families that are just wanting a little bit of extra care, like help me understand what life with a new baby is like, we may do one or two weeks of support with them, maybe three to five days of support a couple of hours each session. And we literally go in almost with like, here are some things I want to know, right? And the the families let us know. So things like, let's just say bathing baby. Everybody is terrified the first time they bath their baby. They're worried they're drown them, drop them. They're slippery, all of that. 
So as a postpartum doula, I can come in and help build their confidence. Say here, you can hold the baby like this. How does that feel in your hands? And we do the bath together so that they can develop those skills. I mean, sometimes I'll do the bath myself and just like model it. But really the goal is that they can do it on their own and they can feel comfortable and confident. Uh, One of the cool things I love about being a postpartum doula is that the goal is to work myself out of a job. If I'm doing my job well, Mm-hmm. The family will say, we're good. We don't need you anymore. And that's satisfying to me when families let me go. So sometimes it's a couple of weeks. There are definitely families that need more long-term support for whatever reason. Typically, postpartum work ends anywhere between four to six months. I have had families that I've worked with for closer to a year. Those are very specific issues. Often, like this baby that I was working with had um, was struggling with reflux and could mm-hmm. basically never lie down flat because they would scream. So they literally, I would come in every day and hold the baby so that they could spend time with their other children and still have a bit, some resemblance of a life Yeah, yeah. and not resent having this baby that was crying all the time. So, cause it's not the baby's fault. So there definitely are situations where you would work more long-term, but typically you either have a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Um, do you work with, I'm just curious about multiples. Mm. My mom had twins when I was 17 and I know how hard, like, like two babies are more than twice the work. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. You know, what's so interesting. I was just saying to someone, I feel like twins are becoming my specialty now. I feel like Mm. almost all of the postpartum families I've been helping have been twins recently. I love it. I've always wanted twins myself. Twins runs in my family. I don't have twins. I'm hoping one of my children has twins. (laughs) (laughs) I can can live vicariously through them. But yeah, that definitely doulas can come and help. I actually have worked with families who have hired two postpartum doulas to Mm. help out with the twins, because they they figure one for each. area of work for me as well is this nighttime support so uh let me just just in case your listeners don't know let me explain the difference between day and night that was going to be my next thing how does that look different yeah so day support we're doing a lot of you know having the conversations with the families and you know helping with with infant care and perhaps you know household uh the baby in a room with me and when it's time to feed I'll bring the baby to the mother and help them with that connection and make sure feeding is going well and stuff and then I will settle the baby in the other room again but often what families are looking for is just sleep and so often with the nighttime the babies uh, these babies are on either formula or pump milk that's being given through a bottle and my job is to stay up and be with the babies and tend to their needs throughout night so that they can they can encourage sleep Again, in that process, because my goal is to work myself out of a job, my goal is not to be, I'm sure your listeners may have heard of like uh, sleep nannies or uh, sleep nurse, nighttime nurse. So 
uh, it's different in the sense that my goal is still to make sure that the parents are independent with their child. So we come up with like an exit strategy. I just did this with one of my families recently where it's like, okay, they're sleeping a little bit better. Let's start talking about an exit strategy on how we transition them to their room with you waking up at night and you caring for them. But it's in a little more of a manageable uh, time. Because those, I mean, anyone who has children knows those first, you know, month or two can be really hairy and chaotic when it comes to sleep. It's just brutal. There's no sleep deprivation yeah. like new new baby sleep deprivation. And you really so can't um, explain it. Babies don't sleep on the same schedule that adults do. Anybody who's, like yeah. you said, anybody who's had a baby knows. Um, yeah. And they're not meant to. I think that's the other interesting piece is that they're not pen- meant to. I, I feel like there's a lot of people in society right now who are the goal is to get the baby sleeping through the night. And I'm saying for a one month old, that is not an appropriate goal. Like that is not realistic. And you're going to make yourself frustrated and potentially frustrate or harm your baby if that is your primary goal. So doulas come in and give realistic expectations of what you can expect. And uh, hopefully that helps with the frustration and helps, you know, minimize the, the, the discomfort that you might be feeling in that time because, you know, oh, well, this is, this is at this point, this is age appropriate, developmentally appropriate for babies. There's a lot to be said to have someone who is an expert standing next to you saying, this is normal. You're not doing it wrong. It's not that you're, you could be doing something different or better. This is just the way it is. Um, mm. Again, that sounds like labor doula to me, but life with a <laughs> newborn to have somebody go, you know, I, I must be doing it wrong. This is so hard. Well, maybe not. It's just kind of the way it is. Um, One of the things that I love about postpartum work is helping the families to understand that there's not one right way of doing things. There are so many ways that you can do this and you get to choose which one it is that you do with your child and it's going to be right for you and your family. That to me is something that's missing in society today. It's one of the reasons that when I started training doulas, I called my company Trust Your Journey uh, because I feel like there's a lack of trust in your gut, like believe yes. in yourself and just trusting what is happening next. What do we do? We go on the internet, we do an internet search, we go on Facebook, you know, we crowdsource the information and then you're going to get all this competing information and you're going to be stressed about the decision you made, wondering if it's right or wrong. One of the uh, motivating stories that I have of why I got into postpartum work was actually a phone call that I got from my sister. So I had my children fairly young. My sister had children after me, even though she's two years older. And she called me one night in tears. And she said, am I ruining my daughter by lying down with her until she goes to sleep? And I said, who told you that you're ruining your daughter? And it turns out that they had friends over that night and they were all having dinner. And then my sister said, okay, I'm just going to go put their daughter to bed. And she was gone for probably 45 minutes, you know, settling her daughter until her daughter sleep. And when she came back, they belittled her for taking this time away. Like, why would you leave your friends and go and do that? Like, they need to learn how to go to sleep on their own. They need to learn the world is not, you know, catering to them and blah, blah. They went on and I got so angry. <laughs> it was my sister, so I could be angry, right? Right. I got so angry. And I said, the only thing that matters 
is that you and your partner agree on the decisions that you're making with your child. And you cannot love your child too much. Like that's, that's not a thing. Right. So that just, just, Oh, it got me so angry and got me on this mission of families need to know that it's okay to do something different than what the popular thing is to do right now. And I can't, I, I probably sound like a broken record. I say it over and over and over again. And in my trainings with my doulas, I drill it into their brain. You never tell a family, this is exactly how you do it. You say, this is one of the ways to do it. And you might choose to do things a little differently and that's okay. Right. Just giving them that, giving them that permission, not that they need it, but I don't know, today in society, I feel like we do. Yeah. Permission to do what their gut is telling them to do. So um, yeah, it's, it, I, as you can tell, I'm really passionate about that, uh, you know, but I think you're right. And I think it's important. And, and here's the thing as a new parent, you have this deep desire to do everything right. And every little decision you make feels so huge. Like I'm ruining my daughter. You know, I mean, every little decision you make feels so enormous. And I think that new parents need to be told, listen, you're going to mess up and it's okay that there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And, um, if what I'm saying doesn't work for you, then please choose the thing that does. Um, yeah. There's no right way to do things, just a right way to do things for your family. So That's absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me what a typical shift would look like. I mean, how long, I imagine it varies some, how long you spend with a family in a day or, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you already told us that first, uh, little few minutes are about connection and uh, tell us what a typical shift might look like and what you might do on a typical shift. Yeah. So day shifts are typically a minimum of four hours. And I feel like it takes a couple of hours just to kind of get settled in the house really, and kind of see what's going on. Nighttime shifts are typically eight to 10 hours, but a day shift after you've done your check-in, your your shift might go something like if we've determined that the priority today is to get a nap in, then that might look like after the baby has fed, okay, so I'll take the baby downstairs, you have a good nap. And while I'm downstairs, if the baby's sleeping, often I have the baby in a baby carrier that I bring with me. Uh, and then I do what I call puttering. Like I'll putter, I'll put the dishes in the dishwasher if there's stuff to do there. I might throw a little laundry on. Uh, if there is a dinner to prep, like chopping vegetables and stuff, I don't claim to be a really great cook. There are some doulas that that is one of their specialties. Yes. But I'm like, if you need some meal prep, I'm happy to chop things and get things ready. Uh, and so that might be a part of it. When the parent has finished their nap, we might go through some baby care. Uh, again, I mentioned bathing is a really big one for people. Uh, but it might also be you know, I, I'm, can you watch me change the diaper and make sure I'm doing it okay? And then we can give them some different skills and tips around that. I find as a doula, sometimes, actually a lot of what I'm doing is modeling. So instead of saying, hey, watch me, let's do this. When I'm interacting with the baby, I'll model it. So one of the things I love to do is I will talk to the baby. We know that talking to babies at a really young age helps with brain development, helps with language development. And a newborn is not giving you a lot of feedback when you talk to them. There, there's no big response. There's no giggle. There's no, you know, it gets easier as they get older. So we don't always think to talk to babies. So I will model narrating whatever I'm doing. 
for example, if I happen to be changing the baby's diaper, I'll be like, oh, okay, it's time to change your bum. Here we go. Let's unsnap those pajamas. One, two, three. And I just, I literally will talk through everything. And if the parent is watching, even if the parent's not watching, I can't help myself. I just do it all the time now. But especially if the parent's watching, and then I will say, you know, talking to baby is an excellent way to help with bonding and to help with language development. And, you know, and I, I keep eye contact with the baby. So just the modeling, and I will sometimes uh, uh, exaggerate my my movements. So we know that when a baby's on the change table, you can't leave them unattended. So I will put my hand, I will plant a hand on, on the baby's belly as I just reach over to put, you know, the diaper in the diaper genie or whatever. And I, I make sure that they can see that I have my hand on the baby, you know, so that that baby is not rolling or moving off. Uh, I, I'll be modeling how to settle a baby. They'll watch me and they'll see me doing what I call the baby shuffle, kind of shimmying side to side with the bouncing baby. They'll see me doing white noise and, you know, making a shushing noise. They will see me, whatever, bouncing on a ball. I love bouncing on the big aerobic balls. Babies love it. I love it. So I don't have to say you should do this if I see a ball I'm like hey you okay if I use the ball and I'll demonstrate it and then they're like oh I didn't even know you could do that so a lot of how to care for baby becomes me modeling just by being me by you know how I how I work with babies and stuff like that and from that it's giving them all sorts of tools in their toolkit uh, that they can that they can lean on so uh, so I mentioned the, the mom is the main priority. Whoever's given birth, they're a top priority. Second priority is the baby. That's where we get into the baby care and stuff like that. The next priority would be other family members. So we're also there to support partners or, you know, if the grandma's living with you and helping out and stuff like that, that's where the education piece comes in as well. Helping fill in any knowledge gaps, you know, whatever we need to do. And then way at the bottom of the priority list is household, you know, maintaining the household that's why I hesitate to say doulas do light housework because sometimes people get it in their mind that the doula is going to come in and clean their bathroom and that's just that's not what we do like we might wipe pee off a seat but we're not gonna you know <laughs> it's not <laughs> right? gonna be a deep clean no exactly if the toddlers miss the toilet we might wipe that up but uh, yeah because with family members it's not just partners we might be helping older siblings as well and helping those older siblings with how to interact with the baby or, or stuff like that. So a doula's role really does become very diverse and and how we're supporting particular family members at different times. Unique to each family and what their needs are. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I just see the work of postpartum doula as, or one of the characteristics that you might look for is that ability to be flexible and um, go with the flow like you have to do with a newborn anyway you can't plan a day with a newborn you kind of got to work it as it comes up and so postpartum doulas and their work with families the impression I'm getting is that you have to do the same thing that it's going to look different with this family on any given day that's right and certainly from family to family absolutely, absolutely. So, and that's why you can't go in with a premeditated idea of what you're going to do and I, I say that during the interview process I'm like listen I can tell you in general what doulas do but I can't tell you what I'm going to do when I into your house because I don't know what you need and you don't know what you need so once we get there we'll assess it and then we will make the most of that day to try and meet all the needs for that day so um 
when uh, when you train doulas, I want to talk about how doulas are trained, and you tell me which we should do first, about what the training is to become a postpartum doula, or should we talk about what families should look for when they're hiring a doula? I want to talk about both those things. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk about what families should look for first when they're interviewing okay. a doula. Really, you want to make sure that you're hiring a doula that is, uh, at the very least, trained, but ideally certified. And the difference between trained and certified is that training means that someone has taken a class, could have been online, could have been whatever, but that's it. They've just done a class and that's great for base knowledge. Certified means that you've gone through a series of steps to achieve certification. And usually with the certification, there's like a recertification every couple of years, which means that your doula has to stay on top of the changes in information and the industry changes and they're meeting a certain standard in their care. So finding a doula that's certified is really important. And then the other really important thing is for the family to find the right fit. I say this all the time. If I'm not the right doula for you, there is another doula that will be. So any, any doula that is certified has met a certain standard of knowledge right. and criteria. Now the goal is to have someone that you get along with, because if they're going to be in your house three to five days a week for potentially months, you want to make sure that you don't have someone that's annoying you. You want to make sure that you don't have someone that is so opinion, like opinionated or the way that they manage conversation is annoying to you, right? You want someone that <coughs> can fit into your household so that is the next goal is that you have someone that, that you connect with. I actually, I finish all of my interviews by saying, hey, listen, I really enjoyed meeting you today. If after this you decide I'm not the right fit for you, no problem. You don't be, you know, I, I realize that. Let me know so I can help you find the right doula. I said, I know lots of other doulas. I would be happy to connect you with any of them. I don't want to give them, I'm not about the hard sell. I feel like the doula industry, if you're going for the hard sell, you're in this industry for the wrong reason because there's a balance there. So uh, yeah, that, that's what I would say to look for. You want to look to make sure they're certified and then you're looking for fit, personality fit. As far as certification for a doula, there are lots of organizations you can certify with, but you definitely want to be certified with an organization that has a little bit of a reputation that's been around for a while. Hmm. Definitely look into the insurance companies in your area because some insurance companies have started covering doulas, but only certain organizations. So for example, the organization I, I train with is Kappa, and they are one of the longest standing uh, doula training and childbirth that you're training organizations out there they've been around for 25 years so most insurance companies will accept certified doulas from kappa the training process is basically there are two parts the first part is the in-class portion which is usually a weekend intensive uh, sometimes trainers will do it over several weeks it depends on which trainer you're kind of going with you can do them in person or live online are the two options there and once you've done your weekend intensive, then you've got two years to finish your certification and the rest you're working at your own pace. So the rest is things like there's a series of books to read. There are families that you're going to need to support and get evaluations from. There is some videos to watch and then offer feedback on. There's a final multiple choice uh, 
we say exam, but exam can freak people out. Um, but it's a it's a multiple choice, open book, no time limit exam, multiple choice exam. And really Kappa's goal is to make sure that all of their doulas know the information, but they don't expect you to have it memorized, which is why everything's open book. They want to know that you know where to get the information should you need it. And uh, I love love that about Kappa. They're very, if, if you have struggles or hurdles to work through or need assistance with something, they're very helpful in making sure that they can support you in that way. Uh, they want everyone to be able to get certified. If that's your goal, that they want you to be able to get certified and they're going to help you through that. So that's kind of the process. As a trainer, any of my students, I kind of become a mentor for the next two years so that if they have questions along the journey, they can, they can contact me as well. And I'm happy to help them with that. And I think uh, that gives them a little bit of peace of mind that they don't feel like they're just on their own, right? It's like, oh, you're done. Here you go. Go off into the world and support families. There's, you know, group chats that that we have, like Facebook groups and stuff where you can ask questions. If you're like, I'm nervous. I've got this family that I'm helping. I'm not sure what to do. So uh, yeah, it's it's a very nice, I want to call it a family, though I know that sounds a little corny. Uh, the Kappa family really is, is that we're, we're there to support each other. So um, yeah. And that's a little bit about the, Oh, one of the other steps is that you have to be, uh, have your first aid and CPR. I forgot to mention that as well, because all of our doulas, we want to make sure that when they're supporting families, should an emergency arise, uh, they will be able to deal with that as well. So, they're prepared. I think that yeah. ongoing piece that you talked about is really important. One of the things that I observe about, uh, perinatal professionals is that we we all do our work alone you know we're we're yeah. doing that labor support all alone we're doing that postpartum support all alone even as childbirth educators we're we're the only one standing in front of the room typically and so having that person like you who's been doing this forever and knows everything um to to reach out to and say you know this situation has come up with a family that i'm working with um or how would you manage this? Or this thing happened and I need to process it. Um, I think it's important to have that mentor, that someone who's been doing it longer than you. One of the things that I notice in my trainings and I feel good about it, and I, I think it's a Kappa thing that um, people connect with one another as well and become sort of a support system for each other um, in their work for questions or processing or what are you doing about? Um, yeah, and it's, it's nerve wracking when you're starting out journey. like. I had like, so here's the thing. My background is early childhood education, but I did not know when I became a parent, I was like, I didn't know this. I, like, you know, but people think because my background is early childhood education, I must have known everything about raising children. It's very different when you're actually doing it. Absolutely. And, the buck stops here now. They're not going home at the end right. of the day. Yeah, that's right. And the funny thing is when you're starting out as a postpartum doula, you think I have to be an expert on everything. But the reality is you realize families all have the same questions. It's very rare that I get a question from a family that I'm like, oh, let me kind of look that up. I'm not fully sure. They all ask the same stuff. They want to ask when's my baby sleeping through the night. I'm worried about them being constipated. How do I know my baby's getting enough if I'm breastfeeding? They, they all have the same questions. And so you become very comfortable with answering those in a way that is positive, supportive, and going to help them on the next step in their journey. Um, it's such, it's so important, the work that you, that you do um, as a postpartum doula for these families. I'm sure your families come to love you. Do you still get Christmas cards from families that you've worked with? 
I do. I love getting the pictures every year with the, like, the, you see the kids growing up and I've actually been fortunate. So um, my community church that I've been a part for 25 years when I got into my doula business a few of my first families came from my church network because that's all I knew and so I've been able to see those children grow and now I'm, I work with them in the youth program at church it's just it's I don't know it just feels good to not that I've been kept in contact with everyone but there are sure. definitely some families that you have that connection with and they you know that you've made a difference and I think that's what makes this field of work so great you know that you're making a difference I know that it would have made a difference in my life if I had had a postpartum doula, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah. having my family live four hours away, my, my mom was amazing. She came down as often as she could. But having a postpartum doula made a really big difference in my life, especially after my second was born as I was struggling with some postpartum depression. I, I wish I had known about postpartum doulas to just kind of ease that process. And I, I don't know, I... I mean, it is what it is. I, I, you know, I wouldn't change my, my family or anything like that. Sure. But I, I just think, you know, a postpartum doula would have made a big difference at that time. So you mentioned postpartum depression. So postpartum mood disorders is something that when my babies were born and even when your babies were born, we weren't really talking about that very much. Could you speak a little bit to how postpartum doulas, what kind of training they receive around that issue and how you would manage that? Uh, because you can't diagnose it. You're not a professional to diagnose these things and you can still address it. And so talk to me about your training around that, what you're training, how you're training people and uh, what you would do with a family. Yeah, sure. So postpartum moods are really common, uh, especially when you're talking about postpartum blues, almost everyone experiences postpartum blues. It's like here in Canada, we say like four out of five um, families experience postpartum blues. That's almost everyone. So as doulas, part of our training covers the postpartum mood spectrums, uh, knowing what to look for, knowing what is a common and normal process that families adjust through and what things might need extra support where you might need to encourage them to seek a doctor and to consult with other professionals in the area. So uh, while we're not complete support, um, we can see some of those red flags. So when I go in and work with a family, if I've been with them in the first week and I come in and every time I come in, you know, mother's crying, well, in the first week, we would expect that. There's a lot of emotions in those postpartum blues where we would expect that type of response. But if I'm working with this family six, seven, eight weeks down the road and mm. We need to be we can go to the appointment with them if that's what they need to get them out the door and to get them getting the help they need now i'm not going to drag them <laughs> but, right. but i'm definitely going to encourage them and help them and su surround them with the right supports um, i've worked with families who they hired a postpartum doula because they already have depression and those support cases are a little bit different because really when i'm coming in I'm trying to help them do the basic things of their day. 
And so it might literally be, hey, let's, let's, oh, I might be doing a lot of it as I'm just kind of encouraging them, highlighting things that are going well. And wow, look at how your baby is looking at you. I love the way that you're holding them. And, and I've gone to plenty of support groups with these families as well to just, they didn't want to go along. They don't want mm. to go along. So the role is a little bit different if we're, if we've already been diagnosed and we're already getting support versus, you know, a family that uh, is just at the beginning of their journey and we're looking for red flags. Um, and there have been plenty of studies out there that show that having a postpartum doula present and a labor doula present for that matter can help reduce the, uh, the risk of postpartum depression. And that's because you are getting support along the way. You don't feel like you're doing it alone. Even if you are kind of struggling and you're kind of on the cusp, you've got someone there that can hear you, is listening to you, actually listening, and already has some of the resources in the community to help you get plugged in. Uh, and it just doesn't feel quite as overwhelming. There's no guarantees. I mean, you can have a postpartum doula and still have postpartum depression. Sure. Or, you know, postpartum moods or postpartum anxiety and all of that OCD. But there, there have been studies that have proven that doulas being present can help reduce the risk of that. So, well, I mean, postpartum doulas are uniquely situated to, yeah. to, I mean, you're in the home, you're seeing the interactions. You can see the difference between, like you said, at the beginning and six weeks down the road, we're still having these problems. Um, and just because I think it's always important to mention this, and we're talking about families and postpartum mood disorders, um, I would imagine that even if you're just doing day shifts, you're seeing the partner that maybe is not, not the birthing parent, you're seeing that other partner okay. come home, uh, kind of address that a little bit and how you're looking for that other, looking out for that other parent. It's funny, as I finished talking, I was like, oh, I didn't mention the partner. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. I don't think a lot of people realize that postpartum moods can affect the partner as well. And having that partner kind of come home, being able to see how they're interacting with the child or the moods and stuff like that. As a doula, you might be able to, uh, to observe red flags in that as well. Or if there are no red flags, helping equip the partner in how to support the you know, the person who is struggling with some postpartum depression at that point. But the the goal is that you are able to be a resource for them. And while you're not the, you're not the sole solution, you can be that starting point and helping start the conversation and point them in the right direction of next steps and where to go next. So the uh, CAPA training, while it kind of touches and gives like a foundation of postpartum moods, there's a large encouragement and give you resources and how to get more information if this is an area that you want to specialize in a little bit more. There are some doulas that while they'll support any family, they do kind of specialize in that postpartum mood realm. Uh, and in which case you would have extra training if that's, if that's kind of an area you wanted to go into. It's gotten to be so common anymore, but the good news is that we're talking about it more, that, that there's more support, there's more resources we're at least talking about it more. And that's, that's a huge thing as well. The stigma has come down a lot. It's not perfect, but the stigma around postpartum mood disorders and the stigma around needing medication for that potentially, that's really come down a lot. I don't know about in the US, but here in Canada, you would be hard pressed not to find at least one, if not two or three support groups in your community, specifically for postpartum mood disorders. They're just, they're everywhere here. And I just think that that's really helped to normalize you know, the struggle that people have. Um, we we need more conversations around. I mean, uh, I mean, your babies are a little younger than my babies. And 
um, we, we weren't talking about it back then. So I'm really glad that there are postpartum dealers to go out and just be there to listen and be able to speak into a situation. It, it, it can change everything for a family, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say to that person out there who's thinking of becoming a postpartum doula and isn't sure how can they know if they're ready to do it? If they're, you know, what first step would you recommend for them if they're ready to get started on that journey? If it's something that's percolating in your brain, I would definitely say, talk to someone, talk to a postpartum doula, ask some questions. Uh, Even if you're not ready to take a training yet, like call me. I often will have people say, Hey, I don't know. What's this training about? And I can help them explore whether or not this is the right area to start in. Uh, I will have people call me for labor doula. People have just had a baby and they're like, I love my birth. I want to be a postpartum doula. Uh, I want to be a labor doula. And I'm like, you have a little one, you may want to consider childbirth educator or postpartum doula first, because labor doula requires you to be on call and that's hard with a little baby and whatnot. So just talking to someone and seeing if this is really where you're at. And then I would say the next step is if this is definitely something you want to do, you want to take a training, make sure you take it with an organization that is a a reputable organization, one that is covered hopefully by your insurance, because that's going to help you out a lot if if it's um, covered that way. And I guess the last thing I would say is network yourself. One of the mistakes I think I made when I first became a doula was I was doing it on my own. It was like six years before I contacted another doula in my area. I don't, I don't know that. I, I mean, the internet wasn't used like it is now. Right, right. Right. And so I don't, I didn't really have a way, like literally this is how old I am. I wasn't going to open the yellow pages in the phone book right. and look up doulas, right? Like, you know, so I really didn't know there were any other doulas even in my area until about six weeks, uh, sorry, six years later when I, I finally came across another doula and started networking. And now there's a huge network of doulas in our area. And that that is good. It's good to have a network for a couple of reasons. One, if you're sick, you don't want to leave your clients high and dry. You could potentially send another doula but also just so that you have support. Yeah. You don't want to do this completely alone. And so that's kind of where I would be. If it, it'll help you stay motivated as well, help you, you know, get going, get started. Yeah. Plug into other doulas in your area. And then, um, so we've spoken to the people who are ready to be postpartum doulas. What would you say to that family that's out there right now? They're planning their birth. What would you say to them about planning their postpartum and, you know, how should they be doing that? What should they be doing? Um, what would you say to them? One of the things I always say is, you know yourself the best. So if you are a type A personality and you like your house perfectly like this all the time, then you want to book your house cleaner now because you want to make sure that you have the time and the energy to focus on this this journey after the baby's born and it is a journey and so things like if you like your house in order and you can't keep your house in order that's going to give you unnecessary stress and can actually you know be one of the determining factors for like getting you know you going down a depression absolutely um or if cleaning your house brings you lots of joy consider having family or a postpartum doula so that they can help with the baby so that you can do the housework so that you can feel like you're feeling satisfied or, you know, fulfilled. That's just, I'm just focusing on that because I know that I have a lot of clients with a type A personality. And that's what I tell them. If you know that already, 
and then get your get things in order. I also have clients like if you know that you need a full night's sleep, if you do not function without sleep, you want to come up with a game plan now. And that might mean having a nighttime doula come in and help you out. It might mean having family come in and helping out. Um, it might mean adjusting your schedule so you can nap during the day and sleep during the day to make up for the fact that you're not getting solid sleep at night. Talk about it now. Get your things in order. Um, have family lined up to help you with food because mm. eating is really important to have a balanced meal after you know you give birth and yet food is so so difficult. And then probably if you're looking at a postpartum doula, start saving. Uh, doulas are not cheap. They're not a free service. As much as a lot, a lot of us would love to do this out of the kindness of our heart, um, mm. we still have mouths to feed at our house as well. So, you know, you can ask for it as a baby shower gift that where you have, you know, we're putting in to be able to hire a postpartum doula X amount of hours or whatnot. And again, this is where sometimes the grandparents will come in and support as well. I know in my community, postpartum doulas book quickly. So I would also encourage people, I don't know if it's if the same there, but yeah, I would encourage people to, you know, start looking for the, the doula that you want and, and get them booked early. Yeah. Um, book now. <laughs> book now, because later that person you've fallen in love with may not be available. Right. Uh, thank you for being with us. Tell us how parents who are looking for some postpartum help might reach you and also people who might be interested in training. How can they get in touch with you? So for families, if you're looking for any of my doula support, my website is mybabybump.ca. And that's where you'll find all the information for prenatal classes, labor doula, and postpartum doula services. And if you are interested in becoming a doula or an educator, that website is called trustyourjourney.ca. And I would love to help you on that journey. Thank you for being here um, for the work that you do in the world. It's important. And I'm glad you came in to, to share with us. Our time is just about over. So thank you for listening to Whole Mother. Thank you, Pat, for trusting me with your show. Um, thank you, EJ and Eric, for always supporting us. I am Debbie Hall, and this is Pacifica Radio, KPFT Houston. Enjoy the rest of your day. Like lemon drops high above the chimney.
up that's where you find. 